do you have a top three? It changes from time to time. Uh, I know Christine and the Fog are on it. I have a hard time picking, and these aren't in any order. Yeah, I can't do an order. Yeah. I make I can maybe do a top three, but no order. Yeah, no one, two. I three. mean, how do you compare Big Trouble in Little China to the thing? Right, like they're not going for the same. To in thing. the mouth of madness, to Village of the Damned. Yeah. Which is not in my top three. I, I don't. I like it, though. I've never, I, Christine, I've never, I've Christine never, is also in my top three. I've never seen Village of the Damned. Oh, you got to see it. Uh, Christine in the Fog. And this also changes, I think, from year to year. You know, I feel differently about it from time to time. I remember a while back, Prince of Darkness was on my top three. Mm. And I still love it. But the Fog and Christine, definitely there. And then I really do have a hard time picking a third between the thing. It's probably the thing. The thing is one of my favorite movies. I have a hard time including it in my top three because I don't want to watch it nearly as often as I want to watch Big Trouble or The Fog and Christine, which are both dark, but they're dark in a way that's a little more fun than the thing. That's why I love They Live. Yeah. They Live is probably in my top three. I know that's a polarizing one, but... Yeah, I don't like it. What about The Ward? Is that your favorite? I've never seen The Ward. I've never seen Village of the Damned. I've never seen Memoirs of an Invisible Man either. Oh. There's also the Elvis one that he did with Kurt Russell. Uh, that was a TV movie. That doesn't count. I haven't seen his shorts from film school either. I've seen Dark Star. Well, yeah, Dark Star. That's not my favorite, but I do like that as a Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song. I was at a Christmas party one year where Dark Star got gifted three times in the same night. That's a hell of a party. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Well, one thing about Christine that I do like is, of course, Robert's Blossom yeah. appearance. He's pretty great in that one. That's probably my favorite John Carpenter score is Christine. I mean, Pork Chop Express is really good, but Christine is a pretty amazing score. And the effects in it, you know, the thing gets all of the glory when it comes to John Carpenter effects, but the effects in Christine are pretty impressive in just much more subtle ways. Yeah, I think they had 13 of those. What is that? Is that the Fury? Is that the 57 Fury? Uh, um, I don't know about and, cars. And, the, and that might even just be the trim line. Yeah. Um, what is that car? It's a, um, it runs on gas. It does. Yeah. It does. It's a gasoline automobile. Hey, welcome back to the long road home alone. I'm Joey Z. Thanks for having me again, Jimmy. I'm very happy to be here. I am so happy to be here too. Again, I want to thank you for having me specifically. Thank you. You're welcome. For having me. You're welcome. Uh, nice to be here. Okay. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about Robert's Blossom, Old Man Marley. Marley. The salt turns the bodies into mummies. Old Man Marley is supposed to be the heart of the film. Uh, originally, he was not in the script. And when Chris Columbus joined the project, he thought, you need just a little more heart to this. At the end, it can't just be all slapstick. It can't be all can't Kevin be and all his family. There has to yeah. be something more here. Uh, and then you get that in that final scene with old man Marley, which uh, I guess makes a lot of people cry. Not me. No. <clears throat> some, no, I swear it. Some people. Have you actually cried during that scene? Uh, during which scene? The, the, the salt uh, turns the bodies into mummies. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. I've cried. Yeah. Yeah. With fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty scary intro. Yeah, it's scary. So that's not a bad place to start because you had said you said that Marley provides the heart mm -hmm. for the story, but he's also 
the scariest part of the story. Yeah. So they spend several scenes setting him up as this sort of horror figure in the movie. Buzz first tells his story. And I mean, it's Buzz. And you can tell he's just being an older brother and trying to scare the, you know, probably more naive cousin from Ohio. And, and yeah, Rod and, uh, and his little brother. You can tell he's just trying to scare them. But I don't know. His story is like he's got a lot of details. It didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so, you ever hear of the South Bend Shovel Slayer? I mean, it's it, it's not. He didn't just make it up on the spot. People are talking about this. Right. This is something that Buzz talks about at school. Mm-hmm. And he just so happens to live right across the street. Yep. From the guy. Yeah. He's set up as uh, sort of a ghoul. Mm-hmm. but never as a villain, mm-hmm. right? Nothing overt. And the burglars are set up as villains, but they're never scary. Yeah. So you have this interesting dynamic where you've got this other piece of the puzzle that's set up right from the jump. Mm-hmm. And now Kevin has another thing to be afraid of. And it also feeds right into this. Kevin is helpless. Mm-hmm. Kevin's a little baby. Kevin can't watch the movie with the big kids because he's going to be too scared. And it just feeds into this persona of Kevin. But then things change. Yeah. So our first few scenes with old man Marley, I mean, he kind of just is scary. You really don't think of him as anything but this scary old figure who may very well be a murderer in hiding until the church scene. Uh, when he and Kevin have their their heart to heart. But up until then, like, he really does seem like a menacing figure. Uh, it does seem like all three of them get pretty scared when old man Marley looks in their direction. Look out! Watch out! Yeah, and then just like... They, and they shut the curtains. Which, by the way, that, that curtain, that quote-unquote curtain that Buzz has in his window is just hideous. Yeah. It's like a shirt. Yeah. Or something. He's really getting away with a lot. That that house is otherwise, for the amount of people who live there, yeah. it's pretty immaculate. I well, can't believe Kate allows him to have some shirt well, hanging you, up you, over the you window. You can't keep any control over Buzz. He's going to do what he true. wants. He's 15. I, doubt, I doubt she approved his, his purchase of a tarantula. Or a Playboy. Yeah, that too. You know, something I noticed about that is that Kevin opens the lid and the Playboy is just right there on top. Like, <laughs> Oh, if I had had a Playboy in my chest, of personal effects at that age, oh, it would have been so hidden. Yeah. It would have been inside some sort of false bottom or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is right at the top. Well, I mean, Buzz is going to be in, in in and out of the system for sure. Mm. He's, he's a bad seed. Our next scene with old man Marley is the cops have just been knocking on the door and scaring Kevin. And he finally comes out like, I'm a, I am can't be a wimp. I'm the man of the house. Uh, and so he goes outside and he says, I'm not afraid anymore. And then old man Marley walks up and he just screams <laughs> in old man Marley's face. Which is a, it's a great scene. He's yelling to the world. Do you hear me? I said, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> and then old man Marley with just that awful, that awful zombie look on his face yeah. bears down on him. And he does that. And he does that. Kevin scream your old man Marley. And some kid is just screaming outside his front door that he's not afraid anymore. <laughs> like his reaction is pretty reasonable. He seems imposing in the movie, but, uh, but he just kind of sits there and stares at Kevin. Like, and he's, he's a little <laughs> perturbed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I think the time that I give him less credit is in the pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. He, Let's he, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So he, he, he walks in while Kevin is trying to figure out if the toothbrush has been approved by the American Dental Association. And old man Marley has cut his hand and he steps up to Kevin and just slams his hand on the glass counter and stares at Kevin in a way that's pretty frightening there's nothing good there it's not like hey neighbor good to see you it's very intimidating it's yeah. a gnarly field dressing that he has on his hand too yeah. it's just this bunch of bandages really a lot of bandages wrapped around his hand and blood is seeping through yeah what do you think he cut his hand on i just figured he was uh shoveling his sidewalks he needs a better shovel man that shovel that we see him he walks up and down the street salting the sidewalks and he's dragging this trash can mm -hmm. full of salt and he's he it's not like a spade yeah it's a flat shovel it's a snow shovel yeah and he puts the snow shovel into the top and just barely gets any yeah it just bothers me so he, much you can't it's a terrible tool for what he's trying to do and there are no wheels on the on the garbage can just, he's just, just dragging, dragging it. it no you like, see I, I think like chains this gets us into a christmas carol i think your head is where my head is yeah there yeah. we are old man marley was an addition from chris columbus and his goal for this movie was to just infuse every scene with as much christmas spirit as possible and so the character old, old man marley uh pretty sure it's a reference to jacob marley from a christmas carol i mean it would be it would be one heck of a coincidence yeah if it wasn't yeah. it, we're, we're taught it's a christmas movie and a scary character that might as well be a monster is named Marley. Yeah. And he's carrying the shovel around and this can of salt that he's just, you know, carrying with him throughout his, the neighborhood. His burden. Check it out, old man Marley. Who is he? You ever heard of the South Bend Shovel Slayer? No. That's him. Back in 58. Murdered his whole family and half the people on his block with the snow shovel. Been hiding out in this neighborhood ever since. Well, if he's a shovel slayer, how come the cops don't arrest him? Not enough evidence to convict. What do you think about these uh, these things that people are saying about the South Bend Shovel Slayer? Oh, about how Marley is him? Well, mostly Buzz says that. Yeah, but other people probably say it too. You do get confirmation, so it's not total crap that Buzz is, is pitching to Rod and Kevin at the beginning of the movie. Uh, old man Marley in the church does say, there's a lot of things been going around about me, but none of it's true. He is scary. Mm -hmm. He's really freaky. Stop being so scary and antisocial and creepy at night out on the street with I mean, he's blood just a, on your hands. I think he's just an old man who wants to be left alone. Maybe he is just trying to be nice. I mean, why is he shoveling the sidewalks of his neighborhood uh, when he doesn't have to and salting them? You know, like he's paying for all of that. It's clearly something he's trying to do out of kindness. Uh, maybe it's a penance he's paying. Right. I mean, you know, people talk. Uh -huh. People, they talk. I don't know. I'm not saying it's fair, but I it does make sense to me if at least a portion of the community talks about him. Okay. He's a we he's a weirdo. Okay. Just well, saying. okay. So let's let's first address do you think old man Marley is the South Bend shovel slayer? 
Yeah. You do. Yeah, I think there's a 60% chance that he is. Okay. But I think that he feels bad about it. I think he was younger. I don't think he is the South Bend Shovel Slayer. First of all, Buzz says he killed his whole family and half the people on the block. At the end of the movie, you see him with his family. So clearly, there's a falsehood right there, right off the bat. Okay, you already have me convinced, because mm -hmm. if the South Bend Shovel Slayer is a real murderer, mm -hmm. and he killed his whole family, mm -hmm. then we know who he is. He's yeah. not really a serial killer, he's a mass murderer, right? And he's on the lam. Yeah. No, a, ma a serial killer doesn't kill his whole family, and the police are like, they got the FBI profiler in there going, who do you think this guy is? You know, what's what? his what's his motive? You know who he is. He's well, got a mortgage on the house. He killed his whole family and half the people on the block with a snow shovel. Like, And then he goes on to say, well, if the police know he's here, why don't they try to arrest him? Not, not enough, enough evidence, evidence to convince. Vict. You murdered your whole family and half the people on the block with a snow shovel. They and never, there wasn't enough evidence to convict. They never found the bodies. They, ne they never found the he, bodies. He, he, he killed him. He killed him with a snow shovel, but they never found the bodies. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and okay. Say he 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 lived in South Bend and then and moved to Winnetka <laughs> to, to go into hiding. He moved into a mansion. You don't get money for murdering half the people on the block. It's not like a lucrative business. Oh, I mean, unless they had all of their money in precious metals, bonds. I guess that's possible. He could have robbed them too. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, but I'm just okay, saying yeah, he's, not, he's not the South Bend Shovel Slayer. Okay, I'm down one, to like 40%. One piece of evidence I will give towards him being the South Bend. I read an earlier version of the script where after old man Marley bops Marv and Harry on the head uh, and they're unconscious and he rescues Kevin. Yeah. He gives Kevin a little wink and says something I learned in South Bend. Oh, which like that could be him pulling Kevin's leg. Yeah, he be, he comes off as a much more serious character. Yeah. He, he, he's got no jokes in him That's in the true. version we see. But yeah, that could be maybe like he knows what's going around about totally. him. And if he, he like, knows that he, he knows that things are going around about him. So he knows what those things are. Yeah. Right. No, I, I actually. OK, so I think he's been living in this neighborhood for quite a while. And whatever blew up with him and his son, everyone in the neighborhood heard about it and that's what's going around about him but he said but none of it's true yeah i guess that's true it is a weird line yeah. there's a lot of things going around about me he just lets that hang out there he does he just puts that out there and lets it hang i kind of wonder about that okay so old man marley witnessed this theft of a toothbrush and these people the people working at the pharmacy sending jimmy after him and, and then the police i, I kind of yeah. wonder like what old man marley is thinking in that moment how much do you think marley Marley knows about Kevin's situation in these few days that we share mm -hmm. with Kevin. Do you think that Marley knows that Kevin is home alone when he's talking to him at the church? I don't think there's enough evidence to say that. To convict. That, yeah, I don't think there's enough evidence to convict. But I don't know. I mean, he comes in at the end and saves Kevin, so he clearly knows something is up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ruckus going on in the McAllister house when the wet bandits are hitting all the traps and all of that. But he's kind of a guy who just keeps to himself almost to a fault. Yeah. Not my business. 
business. Yeah. I am going to talk to this kid because it's Christmas Eve and clearly this kid is afraid of me yeah. and I'm having some acute remorse because of the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to be friendly to this kid. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the importance of the character. Okay. You had said how he is sort of the heart of the film. Why do you think that matters? If you remove all of that, then it just kind of becomes slapstick and it kind of becomes Kevin against the burglars and Kevin's relationship with his family and all of that's like, it's good, but it doesn't quite hit you in the feels the way that old man Marley's reconciliation with his family does at the very end. You go into the end credits on such an emotional high from old man Marley, like being, and he's like in tears because of how happy he is that he's got his family back. That's true. He is in tears. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little over the top. For me, the most important part about the Marley character is Kevin's growth Hmm. and overcoming his fears. And he's having realizations about overcoming his own fears. And the best way for him to do that is when an adult shares something with him about his own fears that really mirror some fears that we've seen Kevin have and already overcome. Old Man Marley's introduction in that scene is is pretty great because Kevin turns around and sees him there and he's just been a scary figure this entire movie. For a second, you're wondering, he's like, is anybody going to notice if I kill this kid in in this church? He gets up, walks over, and then he just says Merry Christmas and he's got like a nice smile on his face. And Kevin has this look um, and even opens the conversation saying, I've been kind of a pain lately. Like he knows that he's been a bother to people, which, you know, maybe there's not a ton of evidence for that. I don't feel like he's that bad, but, uh, but he takes some ownership for it. And he feels like in some way he's magically driven his family away from him because he's been a pain and he's learned to appreciate them because of that. And it feels like at that moment in time, Kevin and old man Marley are at the same point in their journey with their family. You know, they haven't been reunited yet and they both miss their family in different ways. Marley really talks to Kevin like an adult in that scene too. Yeah. Which I think, uh, strengthens the connection he doesn't talk down to him Mm -hmm. he has a real conversation with him like a peer Mm -hmm. it's like hey i'm your neighbor yeah which in its own right is amusing yeah that finally marley pulls back the veil and he's like i'm just a regular guy well i think i think that's also like so this goes back to maybe your your question of does marley know that kevin's alone and i think that's what draws him to Kevin is that these are two people who are alone on Christmas and there's something about that connection that draws them together and they both learn something from each other too because it's not just old man Marley imparting wisdom onto Kevin it's also Kevin saying you should go talk to your son you know like oh yeah is- he Kevin gives Marley a real pep talk yeah I think m- what Marley provides for Kevin is closure mm-hmm. on this scary mystery of is this guy dangerous enough yeah and I think you're right. I think Marley recognizes that Kevin's alone because the last three times he's seen him, (laughs) he's been alone. (laughs) Marley knows that Kevin is just wandering the streets. He's at church 
by himself on Christmas Eve, and he never once asks, where's your family? Yeah. Yeah. And particularly in the scene where he like runs out and he's shouting, like, I'm not afraid anymore. Like, clearly his parents aren't home or they wouldn't let him just walk out the front door and start shouting this to the neighbors. Also, Marley was maybe not right there, but he might have been close enough to see the cop knocking on the door. Yeah, he He knows something's going on. Yeah. He's such a weird, he's a weird guy. I'm just saying. Do you think he notices that they're stealing from the Murphys across the street? Yeah. I bet, I bet he does. And, yeah. I, and I bet he thinks, you know, if those people hadn't been talking about me all this time, I'd call the cops on those guys now. That's right. But they were talking crap about me and Mitch I'm not going to help them out. Mitch Murphy over there is a total loudmouth. He's probably yeah. telling the same stories about old man Marley that Buzz is telling. Yep. Yeah. South Bend Shovel Slayer. Yeah. It doesn't just because he's not the South Bend Shovel Slayer does not mean he's not petty. No, he may be very petty. Maybe he was a criminal in his past life. And he's like, you know what? If the wet bandits are going to steal from people in Winnetka, then I'm okay with it. Let them. Don't hurt my friend Kevin, because that's the only friend I have in the earth. How old do you think he is, by the way? He looks like he's 150. He's really weird looking. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell because like everyone before 2000 basically smoked cigarettes and made themselves look 20 years older. Bruce Willis was like 33 in Die Hard. He looks like like he's he looks like he's good for 50. Yeah, I I still look like I was a boy when I was 33 years old. I'm pretty sure it's just how much people don't smoke anymore. And I'm sure old man Marley did smoke. Okay, it's a special case, though. Yeah, I mean, so how old do you think he is? 62. Holy cow. Really? Wow. You think he's 73? I, I thought he was 79. 79? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's got a young granddaughter and his and his kid is probably in his 30s. But he seems like the kind of guy who would, have you know, no, had had a kid no. in, his, in his 40s. All right. So he's he's 60. No, I, I think he's just a guy who's had a hard life and he just looks pretty grizzled. You live next to me, don't you? You can say hello when you see me. You don't have to be afraid. There's a lot of things going around about me, but none of it's true. Been a good boy this year? I think so. You swear to it? No. Yeah, I had a feeling. Well, this is the place to be if you're feeling bad about yourself. Old man Marley had an argument with his son, and he hasn't talked to him since then. What do you think that argument was about? Oh, man, I wanted to ask you that question because I don't want to answer it. I'm, pr- um, I'm pretty sure it was the Carter-Reagan election. And you think Marley is a Reaganite? Yeah, I think his son was a, was for Carter, and he, yeah. was, and he was angry oh, about you think, it. Oh, you think it was political? Yeah. Well, it could his, have been Vietnam, too. I mean... Could, uh, have, could have been Vietnam. His, his son is maybe like 40 years old, 40... So well, yeah, twenty years before that, that still would have been Nam. I could he's see. A, he's I think he's maybe a little young for Nam. Maybe not. Yeah. Watergate um, could have been. Yeah, could have been. Could have had something to do with Nixon. Yeah. If it was politics, that really you know because that that argument ends in them saying they don't 
care to see each other Mm -hmm. anymore and politics would be it's not really about the political argument right it's about not seeing eye to eye you always disrespect me yeah you know it's it's a last straw things that are foundational to your beliefs as a person and they read a lot into that they go well if you believe that Mm -hmm. i mean if you believe that that reagan should be president that means that you believe yeah xyz yeah and then you don't uh, believe the things that I do. Yeah. You don't respect me. And then old man Marley said, uh, I, I don't care to see you anymore. We're going to go with that. It was a big argument, whatever yeah, it was. Pretty big blowout. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think was a better Scrooge, by the way? Patrick Stewart or Michael Caine? Brent Spiner. What about him? Ooh. Patrick Stewart probably played him the most like what I imagine the character being Michael Caine had more fun with. Because there were Muppets around him. Yeah. And Muppet Christmas Carol is the best Christmas Carol. Mm. And I've seen 17 of them. Yeah. Also, there are two Marleys in Muppet Christmas Carol. There's Marley Jacob. and Marley. No, there's, right, there's Jacob and Robert, which is clearly a Bob Marley joke. Yeah. I Michael Caine, really... I, I, he's fantastic. And he plays it so straight against a bunch of Muppets, <laughs> which is is really good pretty tough probably probably easier than just imagining uh something there with a tennis ball in front of you or (laughs) (laughs) it's at least it's a muppet i mean Mm -hmm. it's a practical i think i'm not an actor but i feel like i could act against a muppet yeah um do you think that kate and peter know marley i would there's a real question for you yeah i think they would totally be into neighborhood gossip they probably know something's off about old man marley or at least that the rest of the neighborhood doesn't seem to like him for some reason here's what i think yeah i'm gonna play the other side on this one Hmm. i think that kate and peter don't know old man marley Hmm. and here's why He's been in the neighborhood longer than they have. We don't know how long the McAllisters have been on that street. Yeah, old man Marley does say, like, he does say before, this, this happened before yeah, your I family got in the moved argument. to the block. I got in the argument right. with my son before your family moved to the block. Yeah, I think the McAllisters are relative newcomers. Probably, you know, within the last few years, they probably moved there. They were more established financially. Now they have five kids. Mm-hmm. They need the bigger house. But I really get the impression that Peter and Kate are both Chicagoans. I think they know uh, Murphy next door because he likewise is like a, you know, an urbanite. But they, I, they they're a little standoffish. I mean, they're, you know, they're they're kind of like standoffish elitists. And it wouldn't surprise me if they just haven't gotten around to going and meeting all their neighbors. Definitely don't have his phone number. I don't think he's somebody they would consider calling to ask to go check on kevin okay here's another good one though harry and marv are like everyone on the block Mm -hmm. is gone Mm -hmm. for the holidays i checked every house do you go knocking on marley's door well, or I mean, does Marley does... just never turn the lights on? No, he never no, no. opens up the the curtains and he, and he just didn't answer. He specifically says all of the houses with no one home have automatic timers. And so they target all of these houses. So there are other people on the block still there. Really high risk. Including man. old man Marley. It's still the holidays. But I, I don't know. I get the sense that Harry probably went up to old man Marley's house knocked on the door and just concluded this is not one of our targets and keep an eye on him because he's going to be there. So maybe stay out of his field of vision. Mm. But I think that's Mm. probably it. He wasn't seen as a mark. Did you ever see that movie deranged? No, it's I think it's the only starring role that Roberts Blossom has ever had. It's one of those 70s super low budget horror flicks, Mm. but it's like almost 20 years older 
than Home Alone. And he basically looks the same age. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's 75. It's cigarettes, man. Chain smoking, non-filtered cigarettes in the 60s and 70s is going to age you by 20 years. Wow. You know, you'll learn something new every day. Yeah. So once and for all, South Bend Shovel Slayer. You think he did it? I don't. You don't think he did it? You're no. gonna stick to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with he didn't. I do think it's something that's going around about him at high school. But like I've experienced that kind of thing, you know, where like people just tell stories. All right, about fine. Neighbors. I was it was a yes or no. Question. Fine. All right, go. Uh, what do you think? You think he's a South Bend shovel slayer? No, I don't think he is anymore. Okay. You you convinced me? I convinced me. you. Yeah. Do yeah. You, you do don't have to belabor the point. Do you think he's the heart of the film? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Marley is an interesting study. Home Alone does this remarkable thing where it's just this wild ride and you just accept every twist and turn. And at the end, you go, ah, what a great little story. But Marley as a character makes to me very little sense. But I like him. And he is my favorite character in Home Alone. He's also my favorite character in Home Alone. He makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I uh, I really like Marley. And there have been a few times watching Home Alone where I've gotten a little misty at the very end. <laughs> I knew it. I, I don't know. Like, it really works. I think that that is why people walk away from the movie feeling so good. I think it comes back to that Chris Columbus trying to inject that feeling of Christmas into the movie. And old man Marley getting reunited with his family and that being his Christmas present. It just sends the story off on a very feel good moment where it's like okay not only did kevin grow as a person but he also helped out this old man and now he gets to be a part of his granddaughter's life and you get to feel good for it and then you get a little one little joke at the end about kevin what did you do to my room while you're for that final levity right before it is really perfect it's a symphony of emotions and delivers Right at the end, like that big swelling note. Oh, yeah. And the wave that old man Marley gives to Kevin, like the fact that he sees him through the window. It's a little, it's a little much. I did. I, you know, it's not a little much. Okay. This is why it's been around for as long as it is. And I know you don't like this really like heartsy stuff, but that's why it works. what, 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 What do you mean? I don't like this really heartsy stuff. What other stuff? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Home Alone is broadcast live from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. It's hosted by Jimmy Dantes and Joey Z and produced by Pat Muldoon. Until next time, eat junk and listen to rubbish.